0: Welcome everyone to House on Fire, and Austin Oaks Church parenting podcast where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today I have Ray Hansen with us. Ray, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. Good to see you.
0: You as well. We've been down this week uh, with Ray and here at Rio Bravo Ministries in Reynosa, Mexico. We come down quite often and so wanted to take uh, some time, Ray, just to have you tell us about all things Rio Bravo Ministries.
1: Well, good. I always love the opportunity to share what God has done here, and uh, uh, we've been here for a th- little over thirty years. And uh, we came down with, with with absolutely nothing, and and God opened the door, and, and we have a, a a children's home right now that we have probably uh, fifty five to sixty children in the home. Uh, we have Christian schools in two locations, yeah. And when we're going good before COVID, we had. Over 800 students, and we're looking, looking at 1,000, and, and uh, God's just been blessing us that uh, the kids that we have had no hope, hmm. and uh, this year, we're getting to be able to send our 13 of our kids to a Christian university. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So that, can, that I, I consider to be a, a home run with the bases loaded, and it's really, really been a, a blessing, and, and I've been blessed uh, uh, just to be able to be here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I've heard your story many times. <clears throat> I think we've been down, I think, seven or eight times with with our church, and um, lots of parents and families have come down with us. But uh, for those who have not heard, Ray, maybe let, let's go back to the beginning and just how did you get here? Because you've been here a long, long time.
1: Well, yeah, well, we have to go back to the day I got saved, and, and that was in that was in 1972 on Father's Day. Uh, uh, my, my oldest son brought me to a, a Baptist Sunday school to get a prize on Father's Day. I love it. And, uh, I had to ride a bus with him to go there and, and, uh, I was the only adult on the bus and, and it was, uh, really com- completely out of my realm. I never wanted to go to church. Yeah. I was a, uh, and c-, c Catholic and, and you'll go, you know, Easter and Christmas and that was it. Yeah. But my son asked me to go and, uh, so that he can get a prize and, and, uh, I went just to take care of my son. Yeah, did like a friend of his invite him? Like, how did he get there? Uh, the church that that we went to, or that that he went to, yeah, had a bus ministry that okay. would go into neighborhoods that were unchurched. Yeah, and uh, they would go door to door and just bring children to, to Sunday school. Yeah, and uh, the you know the first the first day someone came and knocked on my door, and, and made that proposal to me and said, "Do I, we have any children?" Well, I had four. Yeah. And um, we, we were married five years. We had four, so we were on a pretty good pace. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to compete with you, man. <laughs> the, yes. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I told him I was a Catholic. I had no interest in what he was doing. And he convinced me. He said that most of the people that send their kids to their Sunday school uh, are were Catholic. And so he sort of got my attention. Wow. And so, uh, and
0: this is the South Side of Chicago, right?
1: It was, it was a suburb, su- su- suburb. Southern, southern suburb of Chicago. Okay, which one was it again? Uh, Oak Forest, that, Illinois.
0: That's right, Oak Forest. Yeah,
1: and uh, so he uh, he took my son, and my son went, and that man came and visited in our home. Yeah, every Saturday, man, and um, got to know him a little bit, and got to realize that he wasn't completely crazy, you know, and yeah. And then my son came home that Sunday before Father's Day, nineteen seventy-two, and asked me if I would go to church with him on Father's Day so he can get a prize. And that's the only reason I—that's <laughs> the only reason I went. And I wow. Going into that classroom, and there was a young lady teaching the, the, the little children, and I was the only father there. And Man. She, she had no clue as to what to do with me, and I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And then someone from the church came and invited me to go into the auditorium, yeah. where Doctor uh, Pastor Bill Schroeder uh, was was teaching Sunday school. That's awesome. And That was the first time I heard the gospel. So your whole
0: time, so you you know went to you know Catholic Church a little bit, but you never heard the gospel in your experience no. ever at Catholic Church.
1: No, not, never heard it <clears throat> clearly. If I if I would knew what to look for, for sure I, I might have been able to find pieces of it there. Yeah, and. Um, uh, after that Sunday school lesson, uh, he asked, the pastor asked a question that I had never really addressed, but I think everyone grows up with that question in their head, and he asked if there was anybody here in church today that didn't know if they died right now, that yeah. they'd go to heaven. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, The church taught us that there was a place called Purgatory, which is hmm. a pit, a lie from the pit. And, and I did not know, and he, and he said, if you would like to know, raise your hand. Well, well I wanted to know that.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and So I raised my hand and, and, and walked the aisle, and a man showed me the Scripture. And uh, I was agreeing with all of it and everything. And when he got to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it clicked. Yeah. God commanded his love towards us, and while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. And I knew that there was a payment for my sin, but I didn't know how to do it. And Jesus had already done it. Yeah. And, and uh he asked me to pray and I never prayed a prayer before in my life mm. that i didn't have a bead in my hand yeah and so he had to lead me through a prayer because i didn't know a pra- i could i didn't know how to pray yeah and i prayed and accepted Christ and my my life verses second corinthians 5 17 that says therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creation yeah old things have passed away behold all things are becoming new and that happened to me uh I don't know what happened to Other people, when they accepted accepted to Christ, but it it lit my fire. It turned turned my life. I did one eighty, and my wife accepted Christ three months later. The pastor came to our house and led her to Christ, and then I I I wore out a a, an associate pastor of the church because I had so many questions. And I'd, I love I'd, it. I'd get him over to my house, and I'd have the Bible open. I have all kinds of th- things on Catholicism, and every, all kinds of stuff. And my wife would come to me about midnight and say, "Ray, let the man go home." <laughs> and I just, I just had, just had a, an unusual thirst because yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted to know that, and I yeah. wanted to be sure that I, what man. I was doing was right.
0: Did your, you know, that three month period? Were you going with your son to church, and was your wife interested at all, or no? No. Okay.
1: No. 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 And um uh, I was at that time I was I was teaching and coaching at a community college, yeah, and I uh, had a great job. I mean, I was teaching golf and fitness and community recreation, uh, the legalities of it and all of that stuff and and uh, uh, I just was so turned on with a pastor and the church, and he came and <clears throat> they were going to start a Christian school the next year. Hmm. And he came and said, "Ray, would you consider uh, leaving the college and come and teaching at our little bitty Christian edu- Christian school?" Yeah. And uh, I, I always say I can't describe the emotion that I had that God was going to allow me to be with these people all mm. day long, and and be able to be around Christians. Yeah. In that meantime, when I was at the college, I was not a very quiet person. I I, I was pretty pretty vocal about my foot my, my faith. And
0: I and, can imagine that, Ray.
1: And but I, I didn't have a clue about all the answers and everything. Yeah. And, and so uh, uh, when we left uh, uh, I came and taught physical education. Took a huge not, not that it didn't make any difference, a huge pay cut. Oh, I could I imagine wasn't, I wasn't even able to make the mortgage payment the next month after the paycheck. And so we had a we had to sell our house and move into a church home. And uh, that first Christmas came by, and, and uh, the pastor had fired the principal that he had hired, and he asked me to th- be the principal. And everyone on the staff, there was 30-some teachers on staff. They're all veteran Christians and Bible college graduates. And, mm. and then there was me that had to use the index on in the Bible to find, <laughs> out where, find out where the books were. Yeah, And uh, I, I just uh, uh, I told pastor I'd do anything in the world for him but I didn't have a clue. Mm. And then he said to me, he said, Ray, would you do it temporarily? <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I found out that pastors are allowed to, to, to lie about things like that. <laughs> and, I, and I found out that temporary, w- w- for me, meant 14 years. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I can recall those days as a new believer and everyone knowing the book and, and everyone knowing everything, and I knew nothing. Mm. And I made up my mind that I was going to know one book, and, and I picked the Book of James. And I didn't pick it because of its content. I picked it because it was only uh, five, to four <laughs> very very short. I said, oh yeah. At least if I know one, I can bounce off it of with something. Oh yes. And, and so we we, we we took it as a school project to memorize the Book of James that year. Wow, that's and, awesome. And uh, that's been the story of my life. Is is. Uh, our, our mission verse here is, is, is James 1.27. Mm. Uh, it says, that, uh, f- my brain just shut shut off.
0: Uh, <laughs> Caring for the widows and the orphans. Uh, uh, pure religion. Pure religion. And yeah.
1: defiled before God and yeah. the Father is this, that you care for the widows and orphans in yeah. time of their need and to keep oneself unspotted from the world.
2: Yeah,
1: And that just became a flame. We started taking mission trips. We took one a year, and I said, wow, man, we saw so many people get saved yeah, I got, came back and told the pastor about it. He said, well, you got to do that every year. So I took took another trip, and then the same thing happened. And the next year we took two trips. And then the mat, uh, the missionary that we went to said, Ray, he said, my son is starting a uh, a children's home in, in, a, in Jimenez, Chihuahua, Mexico. Would you go and help him? And, man, I said, oh, yeah, that sounds like
2: fun. Yeah. Man.
1: So we, we packed up a, a group of kids and put him on a school bus and we we went to Jimenez Chihuahua. And, and that
0: uh, is a ride. I mean from Chicago, well, that is a drive, oh man. man.
1: It was yeah. And yeah, it, it was it was and if I remember correctly the the speed limit was really low at that time. It was one of those gas saving eras. <laughs> and of course I, I I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. But we got there and, and it was uh, the place was a disaster. Mm. and God said <clears throat> Ray, even you can do better than that. Mm. And, uh, and I answered the call and,
0: uh, and here I am. Yes. So 14 years there at the church. And then during, like, I guess the last few, whatever you started doing trips down here. And then we were going to Monterey. Okay.
1: And we were working at Mount Hebron Bible Institute. Yeah. Which is a, 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 a pastor training school. And they have about 80 kids there every year. Okay. And, uh, the, the man was a a great missionary. He planted two or three hundred churches wow. in in Mexico. And of course, every time I visited him, I got excited and and just seeing what he was able to
2: do. Yeah.
1: And then uh, we we sold it all, put all of our money in, in a pot, and went to Mexico. What year was that? Oh.
0: Because you've been here about thirty years, right?
1: Yeah, that was ninety or ninety one. Okay. Eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. And, uh,
0: but you weren't you weren't in Reynosa then when you guys no, came.
1: No, we went to Jimenez Chihuahua. Yeah, and and that was we had 500 acres out on the uh, Chihuahuan Desert with no water and no electricity, <laughs> and we lived in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so t- coming where there was electricity and water was a was a real good thing. Yes. And and, and the thing that brought us f- from Jimenez to here was the man who went to work with never showed up. I went there to work with him, and he never came back. And uh, I was there with some kids and middle building projects. And then the man finally did come back, and there were some morality problems, and and I had to make my mind up. I was 50 years old, and I I, I couldn't invest my life in something that was on that kind of a foundation. So we came back and went to language school, and we were in language school on the border, we had opportunity to come to do some evangelism in, in Reynosa. And God yeah. did the same thing all over again. We just saw a bunch of people saved, and God said, here it is, man.
0: Which language school?
1: Uh, Rio Grande Bible Institute. Okay. Is that in McAllen? That's in Edinburgh, Texas. Edinburgh. Okay.
0: Okay. Man, so you're you're 50 years old, and you've taken you, your bride, and all four of your kids. Were they, were they all three, all of them in the home?
1: No, three of them were in college. Okay, three and, and were in college, and one went with me. Okay,
0: okay. And so you come down, and you're trying to figure all this missionary uh, stuff out.
1: Had no clue at all. No book. No guide. <laughs> no mission board. Oh, uh,
0: nothing. And n- probably no cell phone at the beginning. Oh, oh no, oh, <laughs> just, There's no cell phone. No. Yeah, just we the, didn't have
1: electricity, so bad. so we, and we didn't have electricity here in Reynosa for a long time.
0: So you're at the Bible Institute there, and then you know doing. Ministry work, and then eventually you land here in Reynosa. Yeah,
1: we got invited to come over to a uh, for an, an outreach, and uh, we went to a place that was just very, very—it was horrible. The odor in the place would, mm-hmm. would almost make you vomit. And uh, we had a, lo- a little mm-hmm. lean-to for a, a place that we could <laughs> preach. Yeah. And uh, one of the Bible students preached, and we saw a bunch of people saved. And on my way home, God said, "Here it is, buddy." Man. Take it or leave it, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we, 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 you know, when we when we went to Jimenez, we sold everything we had. We went there, and uh, I had some church support. Yeah. But when we left Jimenez and came here to uh, Reynosa, we lost all of our support. Mm. So we got here. We had enough money to pay for tuition, but that was it, man. And so it was. It was really. Hand to mouth for a long time. Yeah, and my wife, uh, after we finished language school, she she started teaching, and while well, I started doing the legal work to come here.
2: Yeah,
0: and when you say legal work, like passports, or like, or just paperwork to be able to start, or? yeah,
1: paperwork to be able to start. And I think the greatest miracle at all is how how we were how we were able to uh, get started. Yeah. Uh, because we had nothing. We didn't have an organization, didn't have a business card, didn't have a name. Yeah. And, uh, a man made an appointment for me to see the mayor. Cause I told him I wanted to meet with the mayor. And, uh, he said, uh, right. He's a very important man. You can't, you can't meet with him. <laughs> and I remember telling him, I said, his name was Juan. I said, one, we work for a pretty important guy. Oh man. We're going to get an appointment. And, um, we went and we got an appointment four months down the road and uh, Juan disappears on I me. Mean. Oh, man. And so I'm I got this appointment with the mayor and I'm in language school and struggling. And so I wrote out what I wanted to say in English. Yeah. And had the people of the Bible school help me translate it and I memorized it.
0: <laughs> they gotta be thinking, Ray's crazy. What what's Ray oh, doing? Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah I, 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 I would like to hear the, the back room comments oh, man. about about Ray. And and in that meeting, it, it was, uh, I, I really believe biblical tongues took place. Mm. Uh, I was went there and I told the pastor or the the, the, the mayor, the, the pre- president, the mayor, who I was that I'm Roy Hansen and w- my family and I are here and we're gonna we're gonna have a children's home, we're gonna have a camping ministry, we're gonna have a school,
2: and I don't know how to do that. Would
1: you help me? And he like laughed at me, you know. Mm. And um, and then I, I had things prepared that I wanted to say to him. I said that all authority is given by God, and those who they have, have the authority are going to give an account directly to God oh, for man. how they used it. Yeah. And I said, Mr. Mayor, you are going to give an account to God for how you've used your power here. Oh yeah. And now that's a little brash coming off the street, yeah, but uh, a God was in that. And um, his countenance changed. Hmm. And he said, I don't know what to do. He says, but I'm going to help you. Yeah.
0: And he's not a believer. I mean, it's not like. Oh, no. no. He he was
1: corrupt corrupt to the two. Yeah. Man. And he was able to understand me, and I was praying, Lord, give me the ability to understand what he's saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because memorizing what you want to say, and then. Yeah, if they
1: (laughs) they deviate from what. (laughs) My limited <laughs> vocabulary. I'm up a creek. Yeah, yeah. And it's very easy to preach in Spanish, but to converse in Spanish, you, you got to do both. you Have to be able to <laughs> hear and understand. Oh yes, and then respond. Yeah. And uh, but uh, I was able to get through that. And um, uh, I, I don't know if I used words that I that I uh, ever learned before. Yeah. But uh, it was it was just uh, something that was really miraculous yeah it's
0: awesome oh man that's so cool that's uh yeah pretty remarkable uh and so you have this meeting with him he's he says he doesn't know but i'm sure he's got a guy or something to help you figure this thing out
1: yeah then we 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 set up a a relationship and and we we visited several times and several funny things happened during all, all those times i haven't talked much about them but uh what the man ended up doing uh Was he gave us the six acres of land that we're on? Yeah. And uh, uh, that was hard to believe because that that doesn't, organized mission organizations don't, they'll they'll get a a lot where they can build a church. Yeah. But he gave us this amount of land. And all the pastors and all the missionaries that came by and they would see what I had and the, the space that I had, they'd say, you know, that mayor can't do that. Oh. Yeah. He said it's not legal. And of him to, and I said, "Wake up, man." I Dude. said, "Dude, he didn't do that. Man. God did that." Yeah. So, so there's
0: there's other pastors and ministry leaders in the area that are just jealous and you know even maybe even just mad or upset because of what God had done and they they didn't have that or whatever.
1: I I don't know what was in their heart. Yeah. Uh but but we had some rough years man. With, with then I had to make a board and I took some Mexican pastors and made a board. Yeah. And then when they saw things starting to happen, I've never really shared this much in a message, but they wanted to take over. They wanted salaries, and they wanted all this. Mm, and, and I had to bring them before a board of believers to get them to, they had to sign things, and I had to get them to unsign things. Wow. And it, it, was, a, it was about a six-month process to get all of them to sign. Man. But the president of the, the Bible Institute, where they all graduated from, Brought them all together and, and, and really read them Matthew 18 clearly. Wow. And and uh, and, and they signed, and we, yeah. got, we got new board members. And we, we didn't know anything. We didn't know who we could have on our board. And we were able to put Americans on, and we had some, some yeah. pastors who we did know that were good. And then it just started taking off. We It took us two years to build our first home. But after that, we built every year since we've been here.
0: So you're given six acres of property and, but it wasn't like prime real estate ready to go. It, I mean, if I remember the story correctly, it was basically the local trash dump.
1: Well, it was a, a place where people dump trash. Okay. Okay. It wasn't an organized for sure. And so you go in about a hundred yards off the road and it's all garbage from the road to the, and, and we had to clean it. That was the hardest job we ever had was just cleaning the garbage. Oh man, (laughs) here
0: you go. (laughs) Like, uh, Man. I,
1: I remember I, I I made friends with a man in one of the local factories, and I was I had a church group coming in from uh, from Alabama, from um, uh, Tuscaloosa, and they were going to put a fence around the place, but it was all garbage. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to fence in the garbage. <laughs> for real. So I I asked him. I said, Do you have a guy that could have a has a backhoe or something to clean that place up for me before they come in? Yeah. And he said, well, he said, yeah, I do. And he knew where it was, and so he sent a man over. But I was in Texas at the time when they were cleaning it, meeting the group. When I brought them back, they had pushed all the garbage on that property to the fence line. So exactly where I wanted Instead of having a little bit of trash, I had a mountain of trash. (laughs) Oh, man. And I look, oh, what am I going to do? And in the background, those little girls were getting off that, that, that church bus Brother Ray, where are we going to put this fence? And I'm looking, my, and I heard, I heard some machinery behind me, and there were two DC-6s coming down the street. And I ran down there. I gave them a couple hundred bucks each. I said, guys, you got to move this garbage. Oh, way. man, yeah. And they pushed it all the way back off of our property, and we were able to put the fence in. Man. But every little step, it got a, not only a funny story, but a, a miraculous story. For sure. Yeah. So what
0: was the first building built here on site? The house number one. Okay. The one in the corner. Okay.
1: And we built that. We would dig a hole. We dug, dug the foundation. And then we would have enough concrete to pour maybe oh a third of it. Yeah. And then another. Then we were mixing the concrete by hand. Oh, man. And we got the outside done. Then we framed it. And then we had to go on the inside. And we are doing 10-foot 10, 10 squares at a time whenever I had money. Yeah, And we finally got it built. And as soon as we built it, uh, kids started coming about three months later. And uh, we built a little storage building. I said, oh, man, we're all set. And then the kids just kept coming and coming. So we had to build another house. So we had two houses, one for boys and then one for girls. And I yeah. thought, oh, this is going to be it, man, you know. <laughs> and then I had to build a school because the public schools were such a disaster. Yeah. I wouldn't allow my dog in mm. a public school. And uh, so we built the school and then the kids kept coming and coming. One day we took in 11 children.
0: Now and when you say you took in, like describe what what you mean by that because people just listen may not really understand what that means.
1: Yeah. We, t- we take children in several different ways. The government will bring them to us, yeah. Where they had to take the children away from the house from their from their from their folks.
0: So like a like a CPS kind of setup of some yes, sort of some sort. Not yeah,
1: but they do not go out looking. People have to report it. Okay, so okay. They would get reports and they'd go out and find them and and they would bring them to us, and that was the way we operated for five or six years. And then we found out that we can take people in directly ourselves. Yeah, and so we we devised a, a contract whereby they had, they could not just bring them. And come and t- come take them back. That we had a contract. That we had a legal dominion over over the children.
0: So this would be like like single moms or aunts who have taken in you know their daughters and sons, kids, and all that that are like Grand-
1: grandparents, neighbors, yeah, single moms, and uh, never we can't remember any that came from a family. Man, the single moms are for first of all marriage. It's almost a foreign thing here. Wow. I mean, so many, I just, free free marriages, I don't know what they call them. Uh,
0: yeah. Open marriage, open. Oh, yeah, I forgot what the word is. Well, they may be living together, having kids or yeah, whatever, yeah. but there's never that full commitment. No, and no just, full
1: commitment, but there is legal responsibility. Okay, okay. So we we found out how, to, we didn't even know how to check the, the, the number one problem that we had was trying to determine what was true. Yeah, yeah. Because they all they lied to you. Anyone that's going to give away their children, first of all, that's not a good cut. Yeah. Right? That's, not, <laughs> that's that's not, that's not something that you know you want to take home and show mommy. Yeah. And uh, so trying to get to the truth, and uh, we had some bad experiences for sure. Some that came that lied to us and. Mm. Two weeks later, the husband shows up and says, where are my kids? (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. But, uh, you know, we learned. There's no book on it. Yeah. And and you just learn.
0: So you guys kind of came up with this contract, this formal, where they had to give over legal right to you guys. For a year. So they couldn't just drop them off and come back in a couple of weeks kind of thing, you know, and out of convenience. But so they, they gave legal right for a year for you guys.
1: That's correct. One of the things that we had learned from another missionary was that, Children's homes in the past, parents would bring their children there until they were old enough to go into prostitution or go to work. Wow. And then they'd come and take them out. And I said, that's not happening here. Yeah, that's not. I'm going to fight tooth and nail. Yeah. And we came up with that contract. Now, if they took us to the Supreme Court with that contract, it probably wouldn't hold up. But, <laughs> but they don't know that.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. Man. So, so couple homes got a, a shed up and. And well, a so classroom, a, one classroom. One classroom. Okay. And yeah. so I'm I'm assuming there's even in this country there's a, a little bit of paperwork you you've got oh, to do yeah. to get a, a Christian school going.
1: Yeah, we started as as a Christian school. We use an ACE curriculum. Okay. And those kids did well. They're, they're all speaking English now, but it wasn't certified by Me- by Mexico, so we had to go back and reinstitute with the, the Mexican curriculum and yeah. the Mexican rules and regulation, which are really anti-education <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh, so uh, we did that we went through all the processes and and and, uh, and then kids kept coming and we got uh, we built the third home and they kept coming and we built the fourth home and then the school we started with maybe 12 kids and then next year we had to build another building and then yeah. more classrooms and more classrooms and then we got a, an open door for our other our other uh, facility, and, and th- three miles away in a very poor area. Yeah, and we just dug a hole and
2: started digging.
0: But man, and I mean, it's been groups like us that have come down and just oh, like, I, hey, this is the need. We need somebody to you know to build this to get it going, and just you know, and it always fills up.
1: Without the youth groups, we don't. We we're not here. Yeah. No, it was absol absolutely. And people will come down who have been trained in the trades, and they look and say, "Well, why didn't you have a master plan?" Well, because I never had two nickels to put together to <laughs> for have, real to have a master plan. Oh would, man, we just say, "Oh, well, this looks like a good place to put a building." And yeah, let's put it there, and that's how we did it.
0: Well, it's worked quite well for thirty years, right?
1: It's doing good. It's doing good. Man.
0: And well, and one thing I love about you know, and I'd be curious to know, like, you know. How would you guys come up with the idea of the way that you do your homes? Because most homes, and and you correct me if I'm wrong, and and at least in Reynosa here, like. It's dormitory, dormitory style. It's almost like, well, you know, we want these kids to survive, so therefore we give them a place to sleep and three meals a day. But, you know, it's not about discipleship or family, but the way the homes are here, it's a married couple who've got their own kids, and they're either taking care of, you know, 13 or so boys or girls. So it's a family-style home setup, right?
1: Yeah. We, we tried to imitate the family as much as we could. Yeah. Dormitories... I understand why they do that. Yeah, it, it costs a lot less. Yeah, they have part-time people. Yeah, and and we've we've got uh, four couples that are just godly people. Yeah, and they've taken on it as a ministry, not as a job. Yeah, and uh, uh, several of the people when we first started out, I we'll said, "Ray, what do you do? What do you do?" I said, "I said, how do you do all this?" I said, "Well," he asked me. He said, "I saw some kids here with." uh braces on and and i said well m- when my kids needed braces i got them braces yeah i might have had to pay for them for a while yeah and uh, and that's what we do here we we raise them like our own yeah and we are emotionally tied mm. and, and, and uh, yeah and uh, it, it's just uh been a big family
2: yeah absolutely
0: Man, and so, and you, there for the longest time, though, did you do it where you started out with the younger grades? Because the high school itself is fairly new in the last handful of years or something, right? So were you guys kind of progressing forward, adding a grade each year kind of thing? we we did.
1: We added a grade every year. Okay. And it it was kindergarten through sixth grade, which is actually two schools. Uh, Kindergarten is considered a school. Okay. Then one through six is called the primary. Okay. And then we started our junior high, seventh, eighth, and ninth, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, we started a high school, but we started an online high school that was accredited by the government. Yeah. But then on the side, we taught Bible and computer and everything else, and it worked well. And now we're in the process of getting that certified. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a step up or a step down to get approved by the government. <laughs> 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 I, li- I like I like my schedule and. Uh, yeah. But and we have to comply with theirs and. and
0: For sure. Yeah.
2: And then Man. we did
1: the same in the blue school the blue area.
0: And you know, describe to those listening, like what, like what, how those form. You know, people come up, they try to get jobs in the factories on the border, and then these little squatter communities basically form, right? Like, there's not as many jobs as everybody thought, and so they they don't have money to go back to where they were from, right? That yeah. kind of setup.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't know all of those stories for, for there's, sure. There's, there's a lot of different ways they get here, but but the border is always very very high high traffic. Yeah, a lot of people coming. Either to get a job in, in, in the factories or, or to swim. Yeah, and um, a, a lot of ladies get left here, mm-hmm. and they get left here with children. And if they, they have to go to work to survive, the kids are left in the street. And yeah, it just turns bad things into, into worse things. And, yeah, and
0: uh, so there's these small little villages along the border. And oh, about three miles away, there's one, you know, we, you call it the blue school. Cause it's a school that's painted blue, which <laughs> I love, love the practicality of it, you know, and it's in this real rural village and, and it was a government school, you know, cause the government kind of comes in and says, Hey, let's kind of put somewhat of a school together for these people. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, multiple grades in a room and most of the teachers, you know, maybe aren't certified or even if, you know, like it's just, it's not a great setup.
1: No. It, it's it's a different system. There's three or four different systems within Mexico okay. uh, by levels of, of efficiency and, and, and productivity. And this was the lowest. It's called Conafi. Okay, and you had to have a ninth grade, graduate ninth grade to be a teacher there. Mm. And uh, it was I was here 15 years or 16 years before I even found out about them. Mm. And then we would just went and started helping one. Yeah, and, and uh, a lot of great stories there. and, oh, we, yeah. and then we. Uh, we saw that there was no, no no reliability on the teachers. They would show up and they wouldn't show up. And, oh man! And and I I went to the government. and I said I'll, I'll hire the teachers. I'm going to hire Christians teachers and we're going to teach the Bible. Yeah. But I'll hire the teachers there and I'll supervise them. Yeah. And they let us do it. That's awesome. And we just we added more grades. We built more buildings. Yeah. We built an auditorium. Yeah. And we we built a junior high a couple of years ago, and, and we just bought more land and built a high school. Yeah. So it's just. One step at a time, man. Oh, man.
0: So 30 years, been serving kids, uh, living here on site, taking care of them, and as well as a, a great Christian school for the community. And um, if you had to put a number to it, and I don't mean this in a sense of just numbers, but like, man, how many people, were, and you, there's, I guess, really no way for you probably to know, but how many people have come to Christ in 30 years? I mean, through... Yourself, you know the people. I mean, it's got to be in the thousands, right?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I try not to think about that for sure. Uh, because we're we're commanded to do two things. We're commanded to plant, mm. and then we're p- p- commanded to, to water. Yeah. But God gives the increase. Yep. Absolutely. And I don't care how many people walk the aisle. I still don't know what happened in their heart. Yeah. And uh, one of the the things that we never anticipated, oh, and we, our focus was on our kids. Yeah. But then what put us on the map was hosting mission teams, mm. but the amount of ministries that started from people coming on mission trips here, it, th- that's discipleship. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, on steroids. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's ministry started. People remember that I've got people who are on my board who got saved here. Wow. That's awesome. And, uh, the amount of people that came down. I had one church come down that was a, a denominational church. Yeah. <coughs> wanted to serve good people. Yeah. And but they were all lost. Mm. And, and and I preached and, and gave an invitation. And he said, Ray, you gave an invitation to a Christian church come down? And I said, Yeah, I do all the time.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: And and so many people responded at that. It scared me almost. Oh, man. That many churches just don't get the word out. Yeah. And I remember having coffee with the pastor the next morning. I remember specifically as when we were in that old dormitory, and he looked at me and he says, I'm embarrassed hmm. that, that I have neglected the salvation like that. Wow. He got so caught up in his denomination. Man. And uh, so it was an eye opener for me. Yeah. It was an eye opener for me. And then. I was saved in a Fundamental Independent Baptist church, which was really, really, really strict. Yeah. And I thought we were the only Christians on the face of the earth, and I thought everyone else was lost and doomed. Yeah. And and I got here and I found, man, there's other people who believe like I do, <laughs> and, and it was a revelation for me. And I, and I was you know 50 years old and and all the but when you when you get saved a, as an adult. And the place you're go- you're go- attending is a good church with good people. Yeah, you believe everything.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. Yeah, yeah, it it's remarkable. Um, man. Uh, well, Ray, what you know, you and your wife Leah have been here a while, and your son Spencer is he oldest, middle, youngest? Middle, middle. Okay, so he's here as well. Him and his wife, right? Right. And they're kind of helping run things well, alongside they've been, you. They've been here for fifteen years. Okay, fifteen so, years. Yeah, okay. So they've,
1: they took a two-year hiatus for me, but uh, yeah, then they realized what they were missing because <laughs> they didn't have my criticism all day long. So, uh, <laughs> they came back, and they're doing—they're they're, they're the ones that made the school a school. Yeah, yeah. and so how
0: many teachers um, from the community teach here? Oh,
1: this scares me to tell you how many people are—we we have over almost 60 employees. Wow, 60 employees, man—that we pay every Friday. <laughs> scares me to death yeah.
0: yes man and and i mean it I mean, I mean again i've been here many times and the place has changed almost every time that i've come down you know we, you've transformed a building into something else because you needed other space for other things i remember when the library was first built and and now the library's in a different location you know and just it's really really cool just to be able to see those things
1: yeah. one of my one of my messages is that we got to be flexible Oh, man. Very flexible. Yeah. And flexible with good attitude. Yeah. And, and so we don't own anything. There's no master plan. Yeah. And we just adjust as we need to go. Yeah, for sure. We're not attached to anything.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, and so they, a lot of the kids who live here in the homes, um, you know, you don't just, they don't just turn 18 and you just kick them out the gate kind of thing. So
1: no. most, most orphanages do. Yeah. At 18, they... Uh, even in the states, they they pretty well cut them loose, yeah. and it's a big issue. Foster parents cut them loose, everything cuts cut, cut them, cuts them loose. But we've got kids that are still here at twenty. Uh, I said, "Well, when did your I tell the parents? W- when did your kids leave home? When did they, when it Could you imagine the eighteenth birthday? Oh man! Happy birthday to you! Here's your key. Get out of here! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I couldn't imagine that.
2: Yeah, so."
1: And
0: most of them, you know, go to university, right?
1: Yeah. We, our later in our ministry, we 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 make it mandatory. Yeah. We don't try to teach a trade. We don't try to teach anything like that. We want them to go away to a Bible university. Yeah. For one year, my promise to them is, if they go for one year, have good grades and good conduct for the year away from us. Yeah. That if they don't want to continue there, that I'll, I'll pay to go for them to go to any other school. Yeah, and, and we've we've had people take us up on that. We've got a medical doctor. Yeah, and uh, we've got an accountant. We've got uh, this year we got thirteen kids going there. <laughs> thirteen kids <laughs> in college, man, in a university, and and it's the most important year. Yeah, in their life.
0: And some of them, you know, graduate and they'll come back right and yeah. be a part of what God's doing here and a part of the ministry and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Several of them are t- teaching our school. Yeah, that's a home run too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Man, just seeing it. Uh, oh yeah. Oh wow.
1: A lot of people minister and they work harder and they're a lot better off than I doing it than I am, and they never get to see the fruit. Hmm. And God's allowed me to see the fruit with the kids. Yeah, so that's a blessing. Man, that's awesome.
0: How could. Uh, you know, like what? What I mean, I know the needs always change around here. You know, and just depends on what's going on and what you guys are doing and what the Lord's you know making happen. And so, as of right now, like, what's one of the greatest needs that you guys have? And there may be many. You know, uh, you know, but just kind of what would be something that would come to your mind?
1: Well, my greatest need is that the kid, thirteen kids that are going to the university, that that God's going to do something special this next year. Yeah. Physical needs. There's always those things. And yeah. But what what we're seeing is that the hosting the teams is a whole nother ministry yeah and they all come down here with with the idea that they're going to help us and they do we can't we couldn't survive without them yeah but my whole reason for them to come down is that this place is going to help them yeah and and uh, so it's a a good exchange
0: yeah no i've seen it in the lives of our our students and um yeah and it's been a huge blessing huge huge blessing Uh, i remember when kim kramer and i both came down here and and but you've known Kim yeah. Well and then I was talking to John this week being here and he said that Oh, fifteen years ago there was people from Austin Oaks coming down.
1: Yeah, I don't you, know how many years you know, I ago mean, it, was, it was, but I, I've I've known Kim.
0: Yeah. And so just there's a, a history and and I'm I'm very excited and stoked that you're a missionary that our church supports and um I'd be very ticked off, actually, if <laughs> <laughs> if, if you weren't, because I've got yeah. some buy into this place. I've been yeah. here a few times. Yeah. You know, it's right. like jolly. Got, got blood in the game. I know, you yeah. know, and so uh, so it, there's some pride, I guess, in that, and very, very grateful. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's good. We we don't we didn't survive without it because we had no money. Yeah, no money, no contacts, and and mission teams started coming. Yeah, and and there was always a fee on there. At first, I didn't charge because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And then I found out people would pay to come to go to work. <laughs> and I said, Man, what a good deal that is. <laughs> Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> Heck yeah. And so they, so that that supported us. Yeah. And I be there were times in the early years that we were looking, when's the next group coming? In that we, yeah. <laughs> we could pay some bills, you know? Yeah. Oh uh,
0: yeah. Well, and so like speak a little bit into the fact that I mean, every year, every time we come down, there's people who are who think we're a little on the crazy side, and I and I just think that it, this is normal for us. But we're in Renosa, and, you know, if you look up what the State Department says, and just all the bad stuff, you know, all the bad stuff. Like, it's always a question that I get, you know, is it safe? Is it safe? And I'm like, listen, we're not even safe in our own homes, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a shooting in a neighborhood next to mine, and I'm in a so-called, you know, safe area or whatever. And so just maybe speaking of that a little bit, you've been here a long time, you know, probably seen lots of stuff. Obviously, there's gangs and all of the stuff that everybody's aware of that takes place, but but there's a sense where like even those people leave those who are honoring the Lord and living for the Lord and doing good in the community alone. Right. So maybe speaking that a little bit, just for those listening. Cause I, again, I get parents who are you sure you want to go Lucas? I'm like, yeah, I'm very positive. We're going. So maybe just speak into that a little bit
1: there. Right. There, there's, there's no doubt, doubt that there's cartel action here. Yeah. I, and right now it's pretty good. Yeah. but cartel, cartels that have no interest in what we're doing. Yeah, And it, all the deaths and shootings is usually cartel on cartel. Yeah. Or military on cartel or police on cartel. Yeah. Back and forth like that. Yeah. And uh, we've had very little interaction. Uh, we see them. Yeah. Because the, there's no mistaking them mm. when, they're, when they're driving around. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and we've seen a, uh, a guy actually warn us uh we were in a, a local a local store and he said keep your kids in tonight there's going to be a a, a a battle here tonight wow so we we kept them in yeah but that was a long time ago and it's rare yeah and um uh, but uh yeah, yeah there's danger in anything yeah and um uh, but i my famous saying is that i'd, I'd rather die on the mission field Amen. than in, than in the hospital and cancer with cancer so uh, this is my be- this is my better shot here. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, I love it. Man. Yeah, I I think that's awesome, right? Yeah. Um and you know, you and Leah's been here with you the whole time. The whole time. Thirty years.
1: You, you know, I got called and um uh, a, a lot of men get called to do something. Yeah. Like called
0: a ministry or something yeah. that the Lord places on their heart. Like God's and, like, I, I want you to do this.
1: And I want your family to do this. Or I yeah. want you to do this. And and they God speaks to the man and he goes home. And the wife isn't going to hear it. Uh, yeah. And and in God's call on men, uh, you know, do I? You know, what's going to what's going to be the deal with my family if I if I do this? Yeah. And it gets to be a, a real pressure th- situation. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, many men are called. Yeah. And, and uh, but the thing I I've never had any resistance. Mm. My my wife said. Asked me one question. He said, "Are you sure you called?" I said, "Yep." And she said, "Let's go, man."
0: Yeah. And so you raised one of your kids here, right? The younger one. Yeah.
1: Okay. Man. The yeah. no, last last years, sort of an inter- interesting story. He's a re- was a really great basketball player, mm. and he was going into you know, his senior year when we were leaving for Mexico. Man. And, and I was trying to make trying to justify that and say, "Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get a place for you to stay and." And and you can finish your senior year and play basketball. Yeah. And uh, he said, he said No, he said, I'm going to go with you. And most teenagers wouldn't do that. Oh, man, so true. And when we were in Jimenez, uh, we were walking down the street, and I didn't even know that there was a gymnasium uh, in the place, and it, it had a, a sign up there, Trials for Men's Basketball. And uh, I said, Ray, I said, do we go out with the team here. He said, "Dad," he said, "That's that's for men," and he was in high school, you know. Yeah. I said, "Yeah, but they're Mexican. They're about five foot two, you know." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, and he went out and made the team and played more ball there than he would have played yeah. if he stayed in a Christian school. Yeah, God takes care of you. Oh
0: man, so true. Yeah, it's so true. Ray, why in the world? If I mean, and I don't even know if this is a an answer or if it's possible to answer. Why in the world would you spend thirty year from age fifty to age eighty? here. Like, why in the world would you do this? Most, most people don't do this, right? And you, you know this, but why in the world would you spend 30 years of your life? And, and some would say your golden years, you know? What, el- what
1: else is there to do? I would agree. Yeah. 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 In in, he- in Hebrews 11, it talks about how the prophets never got to see
2: mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah.
1: But they obeyed anyway. Yeah. and, the, the reward's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, only the things done for Christ are going to last. Yeah. Everything else is going to be smoke. Yes, it
0: will. be burned
1: up a fire. And when you can understand that uh, delayed gratification is going to be three or four times more than we, you can ever even conceive of yeah. in heaven. Yeah. The things done for Christ are going to last. We will be rewarded. Yeah. And that's not my motivation. I would not think of doing anything else. For sure. I will work as long as I can speak. And as long as I can hug a kid, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm planning on 10 more pretty good years, and then, then we're going to taper off a little bit. Between 90 and 100, we might go half day or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I hear taper off, I, I just think that maybe you'll just take a nap every day I, that, yep. I, you know, uh, just I do that now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Ray, what would you say to somebody who's maybe never been, you know, on a missions experience, you know, or just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, whatever age they may be, they may be a child or a student or an adult, whatever it may be like, well, how would you encourage them and, just to understand the value of missions and 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 seeing missionaries on the field and building those relationships and why that matters and is significant.
1: Well, unless you can do, unless you can see to to, to eternity, uh, but but it, it's changed my life. Yeah, uh, it gave it repurposed me. Hmm. It's repurposed almost all of my board. Hmm. And the motivation to live and being able to understand, we have become really, really soft. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we we got safe zones and we we we, yeah. we, we wrap our kids in, in, in bubble wrap and, and, and we we put a safety helmet on them on a tricycle and we yeah. do all kinds of stuff that you know we're making we're make, just getting soft. And I just think it's a great deal. Yeah. It changed my life. Yeah. It's changed so many people's lives that i've seen yeah
0: absolutely any specific uh way that those listening could be praying for you Ray and your family and and you know and the ministry that's taking place here
1: we, we, our our ministry is solid and, and we're solid i i- pr- i should pray for those kids that are going away to college yeah that's that's our goal to see to see kids come from here with no hope at all and end up serving god yeah that that's man that's golden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome
0: well Ray I appreciate your time man uh, uh,
1: I appreciate being talked to
0: we've uh <laughs> i've i've heard your story a few times and it is always encouraging well, so
1: yeah very very grateful so well I uh,
0: appreciate you guys listening in and uh yeah was stoked ray for us to be able to serve this week and eager for us to come back again to to serve with you guys again so I appreciate you man Thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Uh, Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we will see you all next time.